Welcome to podcast number 62 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today, we're going to continue our series on finances and specifically the area of prosperity. We've been talking about a lot of subjects, a lot of topics entitled Prosperity is Guaranteed and Prosperity is something that God desires for each and every one of us. And so today we're going to kind of go into an area that I think is be a kind of a, a word of caution when it comes to prosperity. So today's podcast is entitled, What Robs Us of Prosperity? So Father, I pray your blessing would be upon this teaching today. Pray you would anoint it and open up the hearts and the ears, Father, of those who are listening in today. Thank you for this opportunity and we'll be careful to give you the praise and glory for all these things. For we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. To get right into this, there are several words that we can use when we're addressing the topic of how can we be robbed of our prosperity. One would be envy, another would be jealousy, another one could be greed or false or fake prosperity, I call it, or self-entitlement. So these are all things that we'll get into and see what God's word has to say about it. So we're going to go through this very slowly today to be sure that I don't miss anything that's vitally important because I think this message could be one of the most important that we've brought to this day. We're going to start with the book of Psalms. I'm going to read in the New Living Translation, Psalm 73 verses 1 through 3. And I want to, I may read a few verses after that, but I want to be sure we understand that sometimes the things that rob us from prosperity is a jealousy or a wondering why other people may be blessed more than we are. So let's look at this and see what the psalmist wrote. And I know that God will reveal some truth to us as we go through it. Psalm 73, starting at verse number one. Truly God is good to Israel. And he's referring to, that would be today, it would mean everyone, that God wants to bless his people. God is good to all people. It's our desire, whether we serve him or turn against him, as to whether we receive his promises or not, however. So back to verse one. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I'm almost lost my footing. My feet are slipping And I was almost gone, for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. We should stop there a second. What word there jumps out at you that could rob us of our prosperity? It was found in verse 3. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. So evidently God wants to warn us that envy could be something that could rob us of his blessings for us. Go on to verse 4. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. And it goes to say, verse 6, I'm going to have to keep reading this. This is so good. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. Now, you know, this person has a real persecution complex. Self-pity might be a way to describe it. There may be not only envy, there might be a feeling of self-righteousness or that I'm good and I'm fine, I'm doing great. How come God doesn't bless me? Well, God blesses all of us. He blesses his people. Of course, the greatest blessing that we can have as a follower of Jesus Christ is to know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and that we will go and live eternity with him and our other loved ones who accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I can tell you, that's the joy and the blessing that we need to keep foremost in our life. But getting back to financial prosperity, here's 
a reference to someone who's struggling with the idea that other people are being blessed and how come I'm not? How come they seem to be evil and they seem to be wrong and they seem to do things poorly and yet they seem to get blessed all the time? Well, is it really a blessing when you're living an ungodly life? Of course not. It's definitely not a blessing. Matter of fact, many times... People will start out, they're believers, they love the Lord, they're in business or they're doing investing or whatever it is that they might be doing, working for some corporation, and all of a sudden they get blessed significantly financially and something changes in their life. They start liking those things that that money will buy and they start thinking about things like, well, I don't really need to go to church anymore because now that I'm making so much money and God is blessing me, I can go away anytime I want to and he'll understand. And and I guess maybe because I'm being blessed so much financially, maybe I really don't need to give my finances back to the Lord and bless the work of the Lord. And they do things like that and they start robbing themselves of God's blessing. Matter of fact, they start cutting themselves off from God who is their source. So why would we ever want to turn our back on God? Why would we ever want to turn our back on our source of financial prosperity in our life here on earth? But right here, you've got an individual who's struggling with a number of issues. There's envy he's got a challenge with. He's got jealousy because he's jealous of what they have what he thinks that they have. And because they look good on the outside, he's assuming that they're all doing just great. He even says that they they dress nice and they they wear nice clothes and they wear their their clothes with, with cruelty or he's probably saying arrogance, that type of thing. And so on the outside, he thinks they look pretty good and yet he knows there's something wrong on the inside. So we've got to understand that God wants to bless us, but we need to prosper spiritually before we really should line up or would line up with financial blessing. Because if we're not prospering spiritually, we'll really never understand what it is to have true prosperity. Very quickly, true prosperity is a financial blessing that comes on us because of our obedience to God. We are blessed by Him. When we have true prosperity, we will not have the challenges of envy and jealousy and greed and false or fake prosperity, our self-entitlement and all those feelings of being a victim and never getting an opportunity or never being blessed, that stuff will not be a part of our life. True prosperity comes from God. That's a prosperity that is God-given, God-blessed, God-ordained, and one that'll carry us through life. When we have true prosperity, we'll understand what it is to give as we receive. When we receive something, we want to give back something. We want to bless someone else. True prosperity is not wrapped up in self-fulfilling things and self-centeredness and I want this and I need that and I've got to have that and on and on and on. Those things that are focused on materialism. There's nothing wrong with nice things. Please don't misunderstand me. Nothing wrong with having a nice home and a nice car and dressing nice and going on nice vacations. All those things, they're, they're wonderful, but they need to be held in balance and they need to be directed by the Holy Spirit. So he reveals to us First, how to receive his financial blessing, and secondly, how to handle the financial blessing that he pours out upon us. Let's get back to Psalm 73 again, because there's a couple points in here I think that are very important. In verse number four, where it says, they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. What he's saying is that they're just lucky. 
Seems like no matter what they do, they're going to be blessed in some way or another. Well, there's a couple words in there I want to define personally, and that is they seem to live, which means in his idea for what he can see on the outside, these people seem to be very happy and very comfortable. Kind of reminds me of stories that I have and things that I can share with you. I do a lot of financial counseling based upon the Word of God, and lately it seems like I've had a lot of individuals who've come to me with marital problems, and these are very successful people financially. Their finances are strong. They have had great success. They've been blessed by God. And yet now those blessings of finances seem to be working against them. And they are putting themselves in difficult situations. Some of them have drinking problems. Others have problems in just communicating with their spouse or with their children. And so what looks like on the outside to us is as painless lives, their bodies are so healthy and strong. Inside of those people, there can be a spiritual battle going on inside of them. And that is really one of the things that will rob us from financial prosperity in our life. Sometimes we'll look at people like that and say, oh, they're just so lucky. Well, first of all, luck does not apply to Christians, to believers. I don't like it when someone tells me, you're so lucky, you're so lucky to have this, you're so lucky to have a little home up in the mountains to be able to get away and relax and rest and and write and do those things you enjoy. And I always like to tell them, no, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. There's a huge difference between being lucky and being blessed. Lucky says it's it's chance. It's the world system. You just got to break somehow. But being blessed means God is the source of our financial blessing. So we got to be sure and remember luck has nothing to do with the life of an individual who would like to have financial prosperity in their life. Let's look at verse five in there again. There's just so much stuff in here we need to talk about. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. Now, that's what this scripture says. And so what does that tell us? What it means, it says, we don't think they have any problems or any trials or any challenges. But like I said earlier, we don't know what's working on the inside of someone's life. God does. God knows the hearts. He knows the intentions. He knows the desires of people. And he's aware of what they're struggling with inside. And so when you see someone who you think doesn't have troubles, doesn't have trials, but yet you do, and somehow you're having all the problems and you're having all the trials, maybe it's because they cover it or mask it with their financial wealth or blessing that they've received. And in our situation, if we don't have the finances, then sometimes we think then God's judging us or he's making life difficult for us. That's not God's plan for us. I often say that when we give to God, he doesn't have a plan to receive what we have so he can place us into bankruptcy. God doesn't want us to be in financial trouble. All he wants to do is bless us. And so please remember in in trying to achieve financial prosperity, we can't let these things like luck and, and saying that other people never have trials or other people don't have the challenges of life that I have. We can't let that enter our life because it will rob us of receiving a blessing from the Lord. We won't give credit to God. Kind of reminds me of the story about a guy who's in New York City. I've used it before. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but reminds me of the guy's in New York City. He's trying to find a parking place. And so he's driving up and down street after street after street. And it's so hard for him to find a parking space. And so all of a sudden he says, God, would you help me find a parking space? I'm really going to be late for this meeting. I need you to find me a place. So could you help me? And so about 10 seconds later, he drives and goes, there it is. And so he pulls into that parking space. And as he's pulling into the parking space, he looks up to heaven. He says, God, don't worry about it. Forget it. I found one. You see, that's a person who doesn't want to give God credit and glory for anything. And if we do that, 
We are robbing ourselves of the true prosperity that God wants to have in our life. We should always remember to give God credit for everything that good happens in our life. Every The Bible tells us every good and perfect thing comes from heaven, comes from the Lord. He blesses us with every good and perfect gift. So let's give credit to where credit's due. God is our source of blessing. It's not luck. It's not chance. It's not just somehow getting a break in life. I just don't believe in all those things. I truly believe that God is our source of blessing. Let me read some more of this. This is just too good to pull away from right now. I'm going to start at verse number 7 in Psalm 73. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. You see right there it says that the psalmist who's writing this is has, ev- has, has evil thoughts about them. He's envious of them. He's jealous of them, calling them fat cats. In verse 8, they scoff and speak only evil. Now we're getting down to the the bottom line on this. We're getting down to how many of these people feel in their heart when on the outside they look like they're prospering. It says they scoff and speak only evil. In their pride they seek to crush others. Verse 9, and here's the dangerous part in this. It says they boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What this psalmist is saying is how a lot of people feel today. There's a lot of folks out there today that look at wealthy people and say, oh, you're so lucky. I have a member that I know, a person I've known very well, and every time my wife and I have been blessed with maybe we build a project, we sell it, we make a nice profit, we're able to give a nice tithe to the church or wherever it might happen, and they see us and they say, wow, you are sure lucky. You sure get all the breaks. And what they're saying is that they don't realize that they serve the same God that I serve and that if they'll be faithful to him, then he will be faithful to them. So please don't allow yourself to get caught up in these these areas of concern because if you do, it's going to be very difficult for you to receive the true prosperity that God has for you and you'll be robbing yourself of God's financial blessing in your life. The next part of this scripture that is so crucial is found in Psalm 73, this time verse 13, because this is the part that I get concerned about. It's one thing when you see other people receiving financial increase. I'm cautious of calling it a blessing because sometimes it's really not a blessing for someone to receive finances because they don't always use those finances in a way that pleases the Lord. But if we have this feeling in life that, Lord, why why doesn't anything ever happen? good happen to me? Why am I always the victim? Why does people, Why do people always cheat me out of money? And why do I never get the breaks? And they just go on and on. It reminds me of a chapter that I've written in one of my books. It's, it's entitled, the chapter is entitled, The Victim Mentality. And it's found in my latest book entitled, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. It's one that I've written. You can go to my webpage in, at David C friendauthor.com and you'll see that book listed there and you can order it from Amazon or bookstores or wherever you go. But that teaching about the victim mentality is really dangerous. You can rob yourself of prosperity if you feel you're always the victim. You're always the one that doesn't get the breaks. You're always the one that God kind of overlooks. You know, when they want to bless somebody at work and they want to give a promotion, you never get the promotion. And this mindset can destroy your chance of prospering. Matter of fact, it will rob you of the very thought that you could ever prosper. There's an old saying that says, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Well, that's a statement that the victim 
victim mentality has. They think that everybody else gets the breaks, everybody else gets all the luck, which by the way, I don't agree with, but nonetheless, that's how they think. And when they think that way, that's how they're gonna live their life. It's a very dangerous way. And if you do that, then this can happen to you. This next verse I'm gonna read to you, this can happen in your life. And we've got to avoid this at all costs. We've got to make sure that we avoid this type of thinking. The psalmist writes here in Psalm 73, verse 13, Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? It's, that's the danger right there. To stop and think that in all the years that I've served God, is there a reason that I've not been blessed? Has it been worthless? Has it been a waste of my time? Did I make a bad decision? I know of people who were in business and left great businesses, great successful businesses who went into ministry and didn't make a lot of money. They were basically just getting an income and getting by week to week or month to month. But they loved life. They enjoyed life. They knew what it was like to have wealth. They knew what it was like to have great income. But they wanted to serve God more than they're concerned about increasing their income. And if they stayed with that, they were just fine. But they started thinking, well, look what I gave up, Lord, and look what I have now. I've tithed, I've given my tithe checks, I've given offering to the church. They might say that I've done everything I can possibly do for you, Lord, and you don't seem to want to do anything for me. Well, if that's the mindset, you better run from it. Get that out of your heart because when we start thinking, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Think of that statement. That's so dangerous. It will rob us of any kind of blessing, not just financial, but any kind of blessings. If we really think that we, if we gave our heart to the Lord and we feel that I, I made a mistake, somehow I overlooked all the other parts of life that I wanted, we're, we're gonna rob ourselves of any kind of relationship with the Lord. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to think that you're keeping your heart pure for nothing. You see, sometimes teenagers will look at that. You know, 14, 15, 16 year old kids, they go to church, they are in youth groups, they're having fun, they're doing lots of things, and then they go to school or high school or grades, or I should say graduate school or, or college somewhere, and they start seeing these kids that are partying and they're chasing after each other and they're, they're doing drugs and they're doing alcohol and having all kinds of immoral actions in their life, and they say to themselves, well, I guess serving God didn't bring all this fun into my life, but that fun, so-called fun, will lead to destruction in your life. The Bible says that sin is pleasing for a moment, just for a moment, but the long-term effects of it, the long, long-term effects of it is really destruction in our life. So we must at all costs avoid that thought. Verse 13, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? And did I keep myself innocent for no reason? No, we keep our heart pure because we know that draws us closer to God. And the closer we get to God, the more that he wants to bless us. And then verse 14, it says, I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Every morning brings me pain. What a terrible way to look at life, to think that every morning when you wake up, you feel like, oh goodness, here's just another horrible day. I like to get up in the morning and be happy. My wife looks at me, I jump out of bed, and I sometimes just pop out of bed and I stand up, I say, oh, it's a great day. It's gonna be an awesome day. And she's maybe a little bit tired and maybe she'll say, well, that's nice, honey. I'll be up in just a minute. But she's still positive. She's not saying, oh no, leave me alone or that type of thing. She knows that I love to wake up and she wakes up happy and positive also. We don't wake up thinking that every morning brings me pain because if we do that, we're robbing ourselves of getting the attention of God and not allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart, to speak to our mind, to give us comfort, to give us direction. 
We rob ourselves of realizing that God created us for a plan and a purpose in our life, that God wants to bless us. He wants to give us an abundant life. He wants to give us a life that's overflowing. He wants us to be the lender, it says in the book of Proverbs, and not the borrower. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He wants us to be in charge of things and be an influencer rather than someone who is constantly being influenced by others. So God has a wealth of ways to bless us. And this psalmist here is writing a great story. Matter of fact, in the next podcast, we're going to pick this up a little bit because there's a great response to this. Well, let me just read the last verse 17 on this before we start wrapping up this particular podcast. In verse 17, the psalmist wrote this. He says, well, let's go back to 16. He says, so I try to understand why the wicked prosper. Well, first of all, we got to understand the wicked don't really prosper. There's no prosperity in wickedness because on the outside, they might look like they're doing well, but spiritually, they could be absolutely destroyed, even be dead spiritually. So we've got to be sure and understand that prosperity does not belong to the wicked. That's a fake form of prosperity that the devil and his followers love to promote. He says here, but what a difficult task it is. He says, well, how hard it is to understand how other people seem to be blessed financially, and I'm not. Verse 17, and this will be the beginning and the topic of the way we're going to go in the following, because this is kind of a two-part series that we're doing right here on prosperity, dealing with how we can be robbed, then how can we be blessed. This, this is part one. Part two will be entitled, What Robs Us of Prosperity? Part two, and I believe we'll take it off from this verse. So let me kind of wrap this up with verse 17. Then I went into the sanctuary, oh God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. You know, that just, that just kind of chokes me up to think that what we tend to think is success and prosperity and all these great things that are happening to people. In reality, their lives are destroyed. The wicked, those that don't serve God, those people need Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You know, our responsibility as Christians is to speak of our faith to other people. Yes, I'm speaking on prosperity. I'm talking about financial prosperity. But if you want to speak real prosperity into someone else's life, then tell them about your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want them to have an understanding of what you understand and understand what the psalmist understood here, he was struggling with the challenges that all of us have faced in our life. But he knew the answer. He knew that when I, he says, when I sought God, he says, when I went into your sanctuary, O God, I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. You see, he wasn't happy about that. It's sad. You know, when people who are not serving God have problems in their lives and trials and failures and challenges, we cannot sit there and rejoice and be happy and say, see, I told you so. That's wrong. That type of thinking is wrong. And God cannot bless us if we're thinking that way. But when we understand that true prosperity comes from God, and the only way we can get that is to serve him, to seek him, we've got to make sure that we get envy out of our life. I know we've thought about that. We've all at one time or another had that in our life. We need to and right above that and, and, and get ourselves stronger in our faith with God to avoid the thought of envy, the thought of jealousy. We need to get that out of our thought process and be sure that we're not jealous of anyone else and maybe what they might have. Or greed. We've got to be sure and get that out of our life. The Bible tells us to avoid any form of greed. Once again, in my book, I've written a couple of them on finances. I talk about the subject of greed. As a matter of fact, I'm kicking around the idea of writing an entire book on simply the word greed because a lot of people misunderstand it and don't realize how devastating it is. It's a bad word. It sounds bad, 
but it's much deeper than just sounding bad. And then we got to get false or fake prosperity thinking out of our life. We've got to try and realize that just because other people seem to be prospering financially is not what our concern should be. Our concern should be for their spiritual awareness and whether they know Jesus Christ or not and understand that we need to grow in our spiritual prosperity. Then we'll be able to bless other people and help them understand the significance and the vitality, the important and the crucial thinking of spiritual prosperity they should have in their life. And then self-entitlement, we got to get that out. There's no way to have that in our life. We can't think about, oh, I deserve this and I should have that and I need to get this and I'm better than them and all that. Drop those thoughts. So with that, I'm going to close this out in prayer, but I've got some thoughts. I don't want you to go away right now because I'm going to close with some thoughts about upcoming teachings and where we're going to go from here. Father, thank you for the opportunity I've had to teach this lesson. And more than anything else, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction in this teaching. I thank you, Lord, for the book of Psalms, and I thank you for particular today, Psalm 73, where it talks about how we can get caught up in the challenges of envy and jealousy and greed and those types of things, Father. And yet it ends with this wonderful statement that we're going to pick up next week, Lord, where it talks about that when we sort things out, we go to your sanctuary, we go to your word, and we seek your wisdom, your guidance, and your direction. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, once again for this opportunity that I've had. I pray that you would bless it, that you would anoint it, Father God, and that everyone that's out there listening today would move closer to you, draw close to you, Father, because your word says if we draw close to God, then he will draw close to us. Thank you for this opportunity, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In my next podcast, number 63, coming up here in a couple days, We're going to continue this teaching on what robs us of prosperity, be part two. We're going to talk about the thought that we should actually feel sorry for those who have riches but have no wisdom. They might have financial wealth, but they have no wisdom. They have no understanding. They have no relationship with God that will keep things in order for them. We should also pray for those who have riches but are not serving God. They don't have a relationship with the Lord. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how we can be a source of influence to others because I truly believe that we were designed to be people of influence, people who influence others, and not to be someone who is constantly tossed and turned around by every whim of doctrine. The Bible talks about that. We should be the one that influences others. It reminds me of a story when Pastor Tommy Barnett, my dearest, dear, dear friend, he and I were chatting one day and I was talking to him about possibly I was going to go into business with a man who wasn't a Christian. And I said, I'm not sure that that's good because the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. And I understand that teaching. And he quickly interrupted me. He says, no, no, don't, don't think of it that way. He says, you've got to remember that you're going to be the person who influences them. They're not going to be the person to influence you. So you'll be a blessing to them if you form a partnership with them because then you will have the influence that you'll be in control. And then he also warned me, he says, be sure that you're in charge of all the final decisions in any form of partnership. And that was great advice. And I thank the Lord for my dear friend and I thank you for that great wisdom. So we're going to talk about that in the upcoming podcast. And I know that God will richly bless you. If you would like to receive additional teachings in the area of finance, I would like you to go to my webpage, which is entitled davidcfriendauthor.com. And if you'll pull that up, you'll find opportunity to link to my other podcast on the subject of finances and prosperity. Also on my webpage, there's a link to receive a free email 
book dealing with financial prosperity. In addition to that, there's a link on there that you can register to receive my monthly newsletter that will address these same topics. So I'm just doing all this so that I can get the word out to you and I pray that you'll be blessed financially. But more importantly, I got to say this again, that you'll grow spiritually and prosper spiritually. That will then lead us all into financial prosperity. Before I close out this teaching today, I don't want to assume that everyone listening in are born-again believers that they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if you're not sure about your relationship with Christ, if you're not positive in your own heart and your own mind that when you pass from this life into the next, that you'll spend eternity with Jesus, you can resolve that right now. And I'd like you to just take a second now and pray this little prayer with me. It's a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer to get closer to God. So just repeat after me, if you will. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sins in my life. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. The Bible says that if I will ask Jesus to come into my life, that he will receive me, that whosoever believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God can receive salvation and a relationship with Jesus Christ. So this day, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I promise to serve him all the days of my life. For I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now that you've prayed that prayer and that you've said that and you believed it with all your heart, you need to find a good church. Settle into a good church where they're teaching the pure word of God, the real word of God. And I believe that you'll be blessed. I just, I know that you'll be blessed. You cannot serve God and not be blessed, period, because he will bless his people. So if you're interested in subscribing to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I've been told that our listeners are increasing significantly each week. And there are literally thousands and thousands of new people who are tuning in this podcast every week to receive the blessings of the Lord. So I pray you'll be a part of that. In addition to that, if you're enjoying these podcasts, I would like to ask you to let your friends and family know and tell them how to contact this particular podcast teaching, and I know that God will bless them. So I'm going to close with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Until our next episode, may God richly bless you.